Do you remember growing up and getting to go on a field trip? How exciting those moments were. To be honest with you, I look back at my elementary, middle school, and high school years, and I can only remember three field trips. That's it. And now, whenever you have your own micro school, you have the ability to go on as many field trips as you would like. And in today's podcast, I'm going to share with you how we have managed field trips from year one all the way up into how we do it now, come in, coming into year four. And boy, oh boy, has it drastically changed. And there are so many variety of ways that you can host field trips, make them special, make them unique, get the support that you need. And in today's podcast, I'm going to share them with you because listen, compared to many public and private schools, they're only going on a couple field trips a year, but we can go on a couple field trips a month if we really wanted to. So I'm super excited to share with you my strategy for planning field trips and making them last for so many years when it comes to memory making, excitement, and the joy of being able to connect with not only your students, their parents, but your community. Let's hit it. Welcome, teacher, to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. Well, everyone, we have to first start off by having a celebration. And that is that the Teacher Let Your Light Shine podcast just hit top 40 in Apple iTunes. That is so stellar. So many thousands of podcasts are in access to you and many others. So to think we ranked all the way up into top 40, what a blessing, what a true and honest blessing that we together, not me, all of us together, think about that, how to. There's different sections in Apple Podcast, Apple iTunes that you submit your podcast through. So it can be how to, it can be parenting, it can be education, but In this podcast, we are teaching you how to start a micro school, start a homeschool hybrid, how to transition out of your current teaching career, how to become an entrepreneur, how to become an edupreneur. And so we're so grateful that you are here. Your reviews, your likes, your follows, when you subscribe to the podcast by hitting the check mark, by hitting the plus sign, you are attributing to not only being able to hear it for yourself, but also being able to help others join in in the movement of really, truly transforming education. 
So well done, everybody. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and a part of our community. So excited today to be sharing with you about field trips because that is a common topic that gets brought up. Some, it makes others feel nervous. Some, it makes them feel anxious. Some, it makes them feel excited. Some, it makes them feel like I don't even want to go there. So Felicia in our Facebook group, thank you so much, Felicia. She said, how do you manage field trips? And let me tell you, Felicia came up with a great question and she was honest and vulnerable enough to say, this is, I'm, I'm thinking of considering this. This is how I feel about it. I've also listened to some suggestions. And so we all started commenting about how we handle our field trips. And there were so many great responses. I will share some of them as the podcast episode goes on, but I will say that my very first year, we did have a Ford Transit bus, 15 passenger. If you've ever listened to the previous podcast episodes, you know that my husband and I had to leave the car dealership when we first started a micro school. It actually hadn't even started yet. We just needed to get a new van. And so we went to the car lot to buy a used van. I just wanted, you know, just a simple mom van that fit eight people. And we were getting ready to seal the deal. And my husband said, oh, wait a minute. I see those vans. And they were the 15 passenger vans. And I said, honey, we have one student right now. And he's like, you got to see the vision, honey. I was like, but I don't want to see that vision. I don't want to drive that van. And so lo and behold, here we are year four, still using the Ford Transit van. It has been an amazing asset to our family. Yes, it is my orig- It is my van. It is what I take my kids to school in. It's what I now am able to use for additional income, transporting students to school. They get dropped off at my house and we drive to school. Some students, not every student, because some parents drive 45 minutes to an hour. And now that our school flooded and we had to move so abruptly, Some families are paying Lighthouse Learning to transport their children because it saves them time and it actually saves them money. So we've been able to use our van not only for our own family, but for trips. We've also used our van to serve many children with our own daughter's sporting events. And of course, we use it for our school and we use it for field trips. So that's definitely number one, why we are able to transport. Now, I also want to tell you that year one and year two, I totally did the field trips by myself and had one parent come with me. Now, we only had eight students at that time. Parents were able to to come, but because we had a small class, a lot of parents were working full-time and weren't able to join us on the field trips. So what I did at the beginning of the year in our handbook and contract, I detailed out how we would have field trips. I did not schedule them in advance, but I just let parents know I would be taking a field trip if they were a certain age or a certain weight. They had to have a booster seat, which was provided by the parents, that parents were allowed to chaperone, that parents did have to pay for a ticket into entry if we were going to go someplace that required such. And it was pretty simple our first year. Second year, still very simple. We had 12 students our second year, and I had one one assistant, so that took up 14 seats in the van. We had one left over. And Year three, we had 18 students, but I had an assistant, and that assistant would drive her van on field trips as well in case we didn't have other parent volunteers. I will say year one and two, I never allowed parent, never allowed students to ride with other parents. Not Actually, not even in year three. Every student either rode with me 
or they rode with another teacher, or they rode with their parent. Okay, but that changes here in just a minute. Again, parents, I did not do a field trip form for every single field trip. No, 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 no. It was in the handbook and contract. They signed it. Parents were also able to sign up to be a chaperone. You can use Sign Up Genius. You can use a, a Google form. You, if you've got a small enough community, you could just text message if somebody wants to sign up to become a chaperone. You can drive together. You can drive separate. Now, again, I'm going to share with you my experience, but I'm also going to share with you what others have done as well. Now, I will say that the larger your school grows, the more complicated it can get. So right now, we are at 38 students. I only have a 15-passenger van, but we have incredible family support. We also have more field trips scheduled out for this year than we have in the past. And while it's so great that we are able to offer this type of experience for the students, it has taken more planning, more time, and more help. For an example, we just went on our very first field trip to a ranch. I could only transport 14 students. I'm the 15th person. My daughter is the 14th person. And so we could only fit 13 students in my van. This required a lot of planning. I used a Google form. All of the field trip information was listed out in the Google form. Parents signed up that they, their child was going to go. They clicked if they were going to be a chaperone or could not be a chaperone. And then I also, in that Google form, asked, if you cannot be a chaperone, would you allow your child to ride with another designated approved chaperone? Parents would say yes or no. I also asked, if you are a chaperone, would you be willing to transport additional students? If yes, how many? So that first initial field trip was a lot of preparation. I had to find out who was chaperoning, out of those chaperones who could drive additional students. Then I had to determine which students did not have a parent chaperone, and if they did not have a chaperone, did they have to ride in my van, or could they ride with another parent? Then, if they were a student who was going to ride with another parent, I did let that parent know your child has been assigned to, assigned to ride with Lucy Goosey. Okay, and I did that through a personal email. And then I said, in the future, if this is a constant situation that arises, do you give Lucy Goosey permission to drive your child to and from each field trip? The parent said yes or no. So we do have that all documented that. Student A rode with parent B, and in the event that this needs to occur again, this student can continue to do so. So we do have it in writing. We have it in email, we have it in Google form, and for this next field trip that we're going to a planetarium, we did the same thing, only it was a much more streamlined because we already have a lot of data to pull from. Now, if a child's parent is going to be a chaperone, the ultimate ground rule is that that child rides with their parent. If the parent's going, the child rides with their parent. If that parent's going, they can either choose to take more students or not. And the truth is, the parents love taking more students because they see the joy that it brings their child to bring a friend. And also, there is some strategic planning. We definitely know that if a child is in third grade, we typically try to put another third grade child that's their friend in the same vehicle as them instead of a sixth grader riding with a kindergartner. So there, there is some thought put into this. We also have, like I said, amazing parental support. 
every single child has gone on a field trip and the last field trip we went on, almost every single parent went. Yes, almost every single parent went, which was absolutely so, so amazing. Not just for the help, but just for building community. I do know many teachers, micro school owners, that have family style field trips. Most parents just take their child and meet them there. If a child does not have a parent, then they meet, then they drive with the teacher, the owner of the micro school. Some families and some schools totally just, it's totally family style where no one meets at the school, no one meets anywhere except for at the field trip. But for us, because of our program, we do run it differently. So for an example, on our next field trip, when we go to the planetarium, we don't need to be there till 1130. So all parents will drop off their children, we'll do a block of learning, and then the parents will come back and help chaperone to the field trip. Now, if a parent and a student are going to be predominantly gone the entire day on the field trip, so if we have a field trip that's going to last five, six hours, then absolutely the parents can just meet us at the location. However, if I need that parent to chaperone other students and let them drive in their vehicle, then yes, they need to meet us at the school so they can pick up and take the other students and drop them off as well. So they don't go to their house and pick them up. No, our school is the central location for students to be dropped off and picked up in that event. It's very, very important to remember to get permission and get permission once. And handbook and contract, you definitely want a waiver. You want a release of liability. Those are extremely important. And if you are a school that has parents sign up for a field trip that has to be paid for, you need to keep that in mind as well. So in the past, the past three years, Lighthouse Learning has paid for all field trips. Majority of them were free. Majority of them were extremely cheap. I think one was $18, but we also were able to receive a donation for that. This year, all field trips are paid for by parents, 100%. If a child's family cannot pay for the field trip, then we will pay for the for the child. We also have received fundraising and donations in the event that a child is not able to pay for it. We will cover that. We don't ever want a child to be left behind. We also have some parents who will pitch in additional funds, five, ten dollars to cover for another student. So we just put that in a filled trip bucket that allows us to make provision for not only all of our students, but in the event that even a parent wants to go, but maybe they can't afford it. So with that being said, we want to open it up to everybody. We also let parents know that if there's any type of financial constraint to please let us know, we will help cover it. And we also ask for donations, fundraisers, and other parents are so kind enough to actually pay for it as well. Um, If you have an invoicing system, that is definitely very helpful. If you have your field trip scheduled in advance, that is very helpful. So for an example, for the month of October, we're going on two field trips that are paid for. One to a history museum, that's $15, and one to a pumpkin patch, that is $15, for a total of $30. When we invoice our families, we add their tuition, and we do a line item for field trip number one, and a line item for field trip number two. Parents can let us know if they are not going to send their child on a field trip or if they need additional help 
with paying for that field trip. And then we are able to go in and edit the invoice in that event. But what we do is we just send out the invoice for the month. Here's your tuition. Here's the field trip cost. It's all together. I did at the beginning of the year, separate the invoices. I did a tuition invoice. Then I did a field trip one invoice. Then I did a field trip two invoice. And I was like, oh my gosh, all these invoices and all this tracking. It's so great to have it all in one invoice. And if we need to edit, if it, which is we haven't had to do that yet. But if we were to have to do that, it's super easy to go in and do so. I do know that there are many places that have it set in stone that parents must attend. And so if that is the case, then you can definitely do so as well. We have enough chaperones to help cover. If we have 38 students, typically we have anywhere between five and 10 chaperones. So that's super easy. Even in the past, we typically had no more than six students in a group with a chaperone. So I would say it's very important that you know who's going to chaperone, how many chaperones you do need. And I know that car seats can be a big pain. So we do, we do say that if a child is riding at Lighthouse Learning, that they do have to provide a booster seat. And that is for four-year-olds. Booster seat for four-year-olds, if they have to have a car seat, then their parent does have to transport them. But in the past, we have had students who had car seats, and we were able to accommodate those as well. So just be considerate of that situation. And last but not least, definitely want to make sure they have a liability waiver. Definitely have to have permission for students to ride with other parents and you definitely have to have automobile insurance yes my friends yes i hope that helps clear up all of the questions you have with field trips but i'm sure you have more so feel free to hop into our facebook group let's debrief on this and let's get some more conversation going around field trips but if anything all i have to say is don't let it scare you go and enjoy the moment you won't regret it Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the Virtual Teachers Lounge known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.